So the title of this message this morning is Life in the Desert. And so there's going to be two meanings to this, and we'll get to that later. This is just a little teaser. So let's take a look. We're going to take a look at a passage from Mark chapter 1, beginning with verse 29. And immediately he left the synagogue and entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever, and immediately they told him about her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown they brought to him all who were sick or oppressed by demons, and the whole city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. And they found him and said to him, everyone is looking for you. And Jesus said to them, let us go on to the next towns that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. This is God's word. So this is what we're going to talk about here this morning. So here I want to kind of give you this in a nutshell. This is basically a day in the life of Jesus in the very beginning days of his ministry here on earth. And so if you're here last week, we talked about how Jesus was in the synagogue teaching when he was, you know, interrupted by a man that was possessed. And so that was the beginning of his day there. And now you notice at the beginning here, in verse 29, it said, and immediately, remember the immediately in Mark? He likes to say immediately a lot. And so as soon as Jesus left the synagogue, he went to Peter and Andrew's house and this is really cool because I can now picture this because we were in Israel and we saw this we actually stood in that synagogue where Jesus taught and then we got to go see where Peter and Andrew's house was which was literally like maybe a block from the synagogue just to give you a little context there probably not even that long maybe like a half a block from the synagogue is where he went And as soon as he goes into the house, we find out that Simon's mother-in-law is sick. And Jesus immediately heals her. And we know that he healed her completely and wholly because as soon as she was healed, she got up and began to serve them. Because isn't that what you like when you're sick and don't feel good, a house full of people? Then at sundown of this same day, people brought those who were sick and oppressed by demons. And it says, Mark says, the whole city was gathered at the door. Well, I looked this up, and at the time of Jesus, Capernaum was around 1,500 people. And Mark is saying the whole city was gathered at the door. 
And we are told that Jesus healed many. Very early in the morning, Jesus gets up to go be by himself. And his disciples go out looking for him. Jesus, where are you? There's people at the door. There's more work to be done. And something peculiar that Jesus does here. He says, we need to move on to continue on with the teaching and preaching. So Jesus' ministry mission, and this was all done in a day of Jesus, was to teach, preach, and heal. This was his mission. Obviously, his overall mission was to go to the cross, but this is the way it started. This is what Jesus did for three years. Teach, preach, and heal. And so, but did you notice that one verse that was in the middle of this passage and at the end, basically, of Jesus' last 24 hours? It was verse 35, where it said, And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus departed and went out to a desolate place. And there he prayed. This phrase that Mark uses here, a desolate place, was very intriguing to me and it really caught my attention and I wanted to, and it got me to thinking actually because this word here in the Greek that is translated desolate place could also be translated as desert or wilderness. But Mark chose to use desolate place. You know, a lot of events in the Bible happened in the desert Major events, you know, like the Israelites in the Old Testament wandered in the desert for 40 years. John the Baptist was preaching and baptizing in the desert. And after John the Baptist baptized Jesus, where did Jesus go? Out into the desert for 40 days where he fasted and spent time with God. So major things happen in the desert. Desert is one of those big connectors in the Bible that, we, that I like to talk about. And I want to talk about this word specifically that can be translated a desolate place or a desert. Because really in our message here, in our text, there can be two meanings to this word. On the one hand, sometimes you might find yourself in a desolate place. Or you might find yourself in a desert, all by yourself, stranded. Have you ever felt like you're all alone? Nobody cares about you? Overwhelmed with the demands of your job and family, financial problems, relationship issues, whatever. Has anybody ever found themselves in the desert? In the Bible, the desert usually references a place that is indicative of a fallen world. A place without water. Where the living water of God's word is scarce. And that's what it can feel like in this desert. You know, when Jesus was in the desert for 40 days... 
And when he was at his weakest, what happened? Satan came to tempt him. Because he was trying to do whatever he could to distract Jesus from his mission. And guess what? Satan does the exact same thing to you. When you are at your weakest and feeling like you are in a desert all by yourself, that's when Satan's going to come a-knocking. 1 Peter 5, 8 says this about him. Be sober-minded. Peter's the one writing this. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. What better place to devour us when we're in the desolate place? I want to go back to that passage I read during the confession time, Isaiah chapter 40, and I just wanted to reread these last couple verses there. In verse 26, did you notice it? He who brings out, we're talking about the God of the universe here, he who brings out their host by number, calling them all by name. God not only knows the names of every single one of the stars in the sky, he knows each and every one of your names. Even youth shall faint and be weary and young men shall fall exhausted when we're in the desert. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. Remember, when you are feeling all alone in that desolate place, in that desert, that's where Jesus went in our text here in Mark. That's where Jesus went and is. You are never alone. No matter what Satan's telling you. So that's the one way we can take this, this word here. There's another way to take this word too that we can learn from God's word today. So this is the other hand. God provides for his people in the desert. We saw it. We see it all the way throughout the Bible. All kinds of events where God provided for his people in the desert. Obviously, the, we can use the example of the Israelites when they're wandering in the desert for 40 years. God provided for them. And just like he provided for them, he provides for you. When you are in the desert. He even provides rest and time for renewed focus on Jesus, which is something we could all probably use. Notice that Jesus in our event for today, where did he go? He went to the desolate place, the desert, to pray and spend time with his father. It was also away from everybody else and everything that was going on in his life on that particular day. You know what, I think we need to tell ourselves it is okay to take time alone and be away from it all and be in silence. But we seem to be afraid of silence. Who can sit in a room without any noise? Anybody? 
I'll use myself for an example. I can't even sleep unless there's noise. If there's dead quiet, I can't sleep. You can ask Zara. I have the ceiling fan on and a fan blowing on my face. And unless that's happening, I can't sleep. Wasn't that awkward? <laughs> that was 30 seconds of silence. Who thought I forgot what I was doing? <laughs> that was 30 seconds of silence. Why are we so afraid of silence? You know, the irony is, is that it's in the silence where we are most likely to hear God. We just have too much stinking noise in our lives. Am I right? We have TVs. I can't sit in a room unless I have the TV on, for crying out loud. I can't even get in my truck. What do we do in the truck or our car? Turn radio on, turn podcasts on, turn music on. The kids are always on. We put in AirPods and headphones to block out other noise so we can listen to other noise. Social media, kids' schedules, parent schedules, job schedules, media outlets telling us mostly bad news. And then there's the many computers we carry around in our pockets so that we can constantly give ourselves noise literally 24-7. Why are we so uncomfortable with silence? I think it's because we're not in control. And we like to be in control, don't we? In fact, we even have controls now on our mini pocket computers. I can lock the doors and unlock the doors at my house from right here. That's how much control I have. Let's take a look back at this text again here in Mark 1. Jesus went to the de desolate place to get away from everybody and everything that was going on. And there was still work that could have been done. There's still people at that door that wanted Jesus. But what did Jesus do? He left to get away from it all. All the noise. And then when Simon, Peter, and the other disciples found him, they had to have been shocked. We we're already told in Mark that his fame had spread. He could have set camp there in Capernaum and been an amazing and most famous person. Here's this guy that just heals everybody of everybody's problems. 
Jesus left to get away from it all, even though there was still work to be done. Because there was more people that needed to hear about the good news of the gospel. My encouragement and challenge to you all, because it is a challenge to do this. And I'm speaking to myself too here. It's a challenge to do this. Find some time to sit in silence. And talk to your Father, your Heavenly Father. Remember that verse I read from 1 Peter 5, verse 8 about the devil likes to prowl around? Well, the, the verse right before that says this. And I have a picture up on the screen for you. Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. When you're in, when you find that desolate place, when you find that silence, dump the anxieties, dump the noise onto him because you know what? He's very capable of handling it. He's the one that looks down on earth and sees grasshoppers. That, that's what we look like. He knows the names of all the stars. He knows how many hairs are on your head. He cares for you. It's pretty clear here. Cast our anxieties on him because he cares for you. Jesus has got you. Amen. We give thanks to you, dear Father, for sending your son, Jesus Christ, who rescued us from the works of Satan and the corruption of sin, which we can't overcome. By your word, rescue us from every evil of body and soul. Holy Spirit, please be with all of our Christian homes, all of us sitting here, I promise. Be with us all, strengthening against the temptations that Satan throws at us. And help them to keep their eyes fixed on Jesus. Almighty God, creator of the world and its foundations, you hold sway over the powers of nature and the rulers of the earth. Graciously preserve our land, its produce and industry, and our leaders together with our people. Do not disregard us for our sins, but renew us, that our lives may be peaceful and our country governed according to your will. O Lord, your Son is the great physician of body and soul at whose hand demons, diseases, and every ill he turned away. He healed all those people, and he heals us. And we bring before you those in any need here in our church. We especially today pray for the family of Tom Jones, who lost his mother this last week. We pray for Steve, who got not the best news at the doctor, and that we pray that for peace, comfort, and healing for him. And we pray that you be with Jean as she has got a surgery coming up. Be with the 
the surgeon and the nurses and everybody and that everything goes well and smoothly. And Holy Father, where there is forgiveness of sins, there is also life and salvation. Bring us in faith to your holy sacrament that the blood of Christ, which atoned for our sins, may make us whole, strengthen us against every spiritual attack of the devil, especially when we find ourselves in a desert where we feel like we're all by ourselves. Remind us that we are not alone and that you are with us in that desert and that it's okay to go to a desolate place to be with you. And we pray that you turn us in love toward our neighbor and preserve us in body and soul to life everlasting. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven.